0: Hey everybody this is Heidi St. John welcome to the busy mom podcast I am thrilled today do you have um a friend of Save the Storks in studio with me, Jesse Witten, is here today and he will be my guest. But before we get talking about Save the Storks, many of you heard me talk about it last week in the podcast, and I told you that I would have a guest coming on. So, woot, woot, true to my word. I'm trying, you guys. You know, give me some grace out here in Chattanooga. Uh, Jesse's going to be talking with me about the organization Save the Storks, but I actually think his story is something really exciting that you're going to want to listen to just to hear what God's doing uh, in the life of a dad who's come now to work for a pro-life organization. Um, really quickly, a couple of housekeeping things. Registration for Fearless in Indianapolis is now open. And uh, that will continue. The, reg- the early registration rates will continue for about another two weeks. And so if you're interested in joining us in Indianapolis, uh, October 14th and 15th at College Park Church, now is the time to grab your women's Bible study, grab ladies from your church or from your book club or for Women it is, and come on out to Indianapolis for Fearless. Uh, at College Park Church. Also, registration will be opening August 1st for the Tampa Fearless event. That is happening November 4th and 5th, so you'll want to mark your calendars for that. I appreciate everybody listening this summer. I know it's been a little bit crazy with me out on the road, and uh, I am on my way next week to Shem in Springfield. So if you've been waiting for the Springfield event, I will be there this next week. Um, for the Shem Conference, so that is May nineteenth through the twenty first, and registration for that event is still open. All right, I, you guys know, and I've written about this extensively on my blog and have spoken about it many times at the podcast. How passionate I am about um, standing up for the unborn in this culture that we live in, and it's uh, not always a popular opinion. And uh, many of you have seen me take a lot of heat for that. Uh, via social media Um, but i believe passionately that god is passionate about uh, the lives of the unborn in fact he's passionate about all life and that's what his word says and so i am thrilled to be partnering with an organization called save the storks i introduced many of you to it last week at the podcast and today i have jesse witten on the line with me jesse came to save the storks after working as a police officer and an undercover narcotics detective for nearly eight years. And this is a fascinating thing. When I first met Jesse, I was like, dude, is this a true story? You know, give me the lowdown, because really, is this like publicity stunt? (laughs) Or are you really an undercover narcotics cop turned pro-life activist? So Jesse, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to have you here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me here.
0: So uh, is it true? Were you an undercover? It is It is. Dude, so... It
1: is true, yes. I... uh, Several years out in Northern California, and then uh, I was really uh, blessed and fortunate to to get a detective assignment that worked uh, undercover narcotics out there for about four and a half years.
0: Is that a tough gig? Because I'm assuming it is. I'm having, like, images of uh, CSI in my head right now.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's pretty exciting. I, I really liked it. I think it's tougher on family, uh, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the, uh, the absolute rush of everything. Uh, I enjoyed the ability to be adaptable and fluid to my circumstances. And the cool thing about the job, which ends up really to what I'm doing right now, is it's incredibly relational. I mean, you're down uh, in situations really creating relationships with people who most of society, particularly those in the Christian community, don't get the chance to relate to as much as they'd like to. You know, I'm I'm creating relationships with pimps and prostitutes and Mm. drug dealers and drug users and uh, being pretty much the only semblance of normalcy in these folks' lives. Uh, So even though... A large portion of my job was to arrest people. Obviously, to keep drugs being trafficked into the right state.
0: important. Uh, yes,
1: there was a lot of there was a lot of opportunity for me to, to uh really show Christ's love to some of these people in a world that is absolutely chaotic and and out of control.
0: Mm. And one of the reasons that I love uh, your story so much is that I am. Uh, always highlighting on the podcast the fact that we as Christians have not only an opportunity but an obligation to be Jesus to those who are around us. We are on this earth the hands and feet of Jesus. We are called to be in the lives of other people. So I'm interested to know how you went from uh, being an undercover (laughs) narcotics cop (laughs) to being a pro-life activist. I'm assuming I know that you're married and have kids. So tell our yeah. listeners a little bit about your family and how you went from one extreme to kind of another.
1: <laughs> right, right. So I am married. Uh, married to, to my wife, uh, Ashley Whitney, who's wonderful. We've been married for almost 10 years. Uh, we have three lovely daughters. We have Reese, and Kendall, and Stella. Reese is five, Kendall is three, and Stella is nine months. Mm. And uh, so my wife uh, blogs also at heyashleynoelle.com. Uh, she and I, uh, have been in this thing for, for quite a while. And it really, if it wasn't for her support, I don't think I would have been able to do the last job. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to, to make the switch to this job. So for me, uh, it's really just been a growing experience in my relationship with the Lord. I've always been pro-life, uh, in the sense that I've always believed in the sanctity of life. In fact, the reason I did my last job was, was always to protect Uh, the rights and the lives of the innocents, whether that was somebody being burglarized or somebody being potentially hurt. Uh, So I've always cared about that, but I didn't really know how to act when it came in the realms of pro-life and the Bergarcia issue of an abortion, other than... You know, obviously praying, praying against it, voting mm-hmm. for the right people to try and change laws that are in place within this country. So important. Uh, but that, that's yeah, right. And it, while those are important things, I, it felt very fruitless in so many different areas. What? So what? Very, voting feels yeah.
0: fruitless? Stop it. Stop it right I now. Know, I know. I, I know. Why? I know. Why would you feel that way, Jesse? Your vote yeah, matters, dude. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I sorry. Know. I just had to throw that in. <laughs>
1: But, but so I never really knew other than just on a personal level, other than like, if I knew someone who was dealing with a crisis pregnancy, you know, how to counsel them. Uh, You know, other than that, I just really didn't have any other way to be involved. And I kind of, I've kind of sat on the sidelines of the issue Mm. for some time, other than when it came time to vote. Uh, And so I've been really working my relationship with God and praying and saying, "God, you know, I'm phasing out of this this narcotics gig. I'm going back to patrol work and have a, a regulated schedule again. And what is it that you would have me do with this time that I can now structure? Uh, obviously I need to be more involved in my family just from, from a time perspective, make sure I'm investing in my wife and my children, but also what else would you have me do with my free time where I can give to God? And that is a dangerous prayer to pray. I will, I will warn you and any of your listeners, (laughs) praying that prayer, God will provide opportunities for you to do things for yeah. If you say, here, here am I, send me, he will bring them to you. You just have to be willing to deal with the aftermath of that, which is potentially, you know, in my case, leaving my entire career. right. uh, so, one of the next uh, couple of weeks after I had prayed that prayer, within within two weeks, uh, we had a, a, a now a dear friend of mine, Jeff Gilbert, uh, came and spoke at our church and, and talked about, say, the storks, and it was just more of an informational uh, talk about what we were, what the organization was doing. And he brought a mobile unit uh, there to the event, and it completely blew my mind the creativity that went and the thoughtfulness that went into this idea, and the fact that. An organization can reach out to a woman in the middle of this of this really traumatic time in her life with kind of what we've talked about before, Heidi, that balance of grace and truth. Right. Yes, this is an issue that you're dealing with, so let's be realistic about what the options are. Mm. Right now, it is legal for you to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. We want you to be able to know what that looks like, and we want you to be able to know what's going on actually inside of your womb. Here, uh, would you like to have a free ultrasound? Would you like mm-hmm. to have a free... Pregnancy test here in this mobile unit mm-hmm. uh, before you go make the choice to have an abortion. Uh, mm. right now, four out of five women that are boarding uh, on our mobile units are choosing to keep their children. Uh, mm. And I think that just really leads to, speaks to the power of the ultrasound, absolutely the image of what's going on inside inside of a, of a woman's womb.
0: Yeah, there's um, no question. And I I shared uh, last week on the podcast that our my experience with our second daughter. I actually went to a Planned Parenthood. This was, you know, 22 years ago. I went to a Planned Parenthood because uh, pregnancy tests at that time over the counter were so expensive and there wasn't a crisis pregnancy center anywhere really near me, but Planned Parenthood was everywhere. So I went there. Here I am, a married woman, right? I'm a married woman. I already have a toddler. I'm just going to confirm what I think is going on. I think I'm pregnant. I go... Um, they put me in a room, they give me a test and the technician came back about 10 minutes later and she said, I'm really sorry to have to tell you that you're pregnant. I mean, th- this was how I found out I was <laughs> pregnant. She said, I'm really sorry to have to tell you that you're pregnant. And I, and I just looked at her and I said, you, you do know that I already have a baby and that I'm married and I'm ha- I'm actually fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, pregnant. uh, I'm not you know, a drug addicted prostitute living on the street who doesn't know what to do. And she goes, well, we really want to give you. We really want you to be informed about your options. And not a single option that that woman gave me, I I said to her, I will never darken the door of a Planned Parenthood again after this experience because there was no... There was no sense of, you know, hey, congratulations, you're pregnant. It was all just, oh man, what a bummer for you. You're you're gonna have a baby and here are the three abortion facilities that are closest to your house. No one, she did not refer me to an OBGYN. She never told me, you know, here's your option. She said, this is how many weeks you are and this is how many weeks you can do an abortion up to uh, in the state of Oregon. And that was my experience back in uh, 1992. And so, crazy. um, it is crazy. And I know having had, um, we my husband and I have seven children and we've, we lost one baby early in pregnancy and there it's powerful to see your baby yeah. on an ultrasound. It is, it's life-changing really, uh, even to hear a heartbeat that doesn't belong to you yeah. is life-changing. And that's part of the reason why I love what you're doing so much is because you're actually taking, uh, the, the clinic to the women who need it instead of waiting for a woman to come and find you. And what is your experience when you take a state of the Storks van onto a college uh, campus, or let's say university, What what's uh, generally the reception that you get?
1: Mostly it's really good. I mean, here's the thing is that some, you know, because some of our mobile units that'll go uh, on board college campuses,'ll also have s t d testing on them, not all of them, but some of them will mm-hmm. and I think in today's day and age uh kind of sexual promiscuity is is very normal in mm-hmm. a college campus, so you might think that someone on a college campus might be nervous or concerned about walking into a mobile unit where the discussion of pregnancy or STDs or anything like that is present. Like, you know, they wouldn't want the stigma, but that's really not the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people are pretty free about it uh, Mm -hmm. and going in and, uh, some are just curious just to see because it's, it's a beautiful mobile. So it's like whatever way you can get in the door, oh, we're yeah. happy to have you come in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Whether it's the attractiveness of the vehicle itself, whether it's the fact you're experiencing a crisis pregnancy, whether you aren't sure and you just want a pregnancy test, whatever that looks like, we'd yeah. love to help you. So come in the door, please. So we well, get generally good good, uh, good uh, reaction at college campuses. And the cool thing is, is because we really push – the idea, and again, this is in no way to cut on people who are involved in the political arena in regards to abortion, but we really try to frame ourselves as we are apolitical. We're not trying to change uh, the law on abortion. Uh, Our whole goal is to make abortion unthinkable and an obsolete option Mm -hmm. uh, by providing every imaginable resource we possibly can so that no one has to tell somebody that they don't, that it's illegal to have an abortion because it's
0: It's because it's unthinkable
1: and and cruel to have an abortion. It's it's unnecessary. So basically what you're, but
0: well, as I say to me, that sounds a lot like what you're trying to do is what uh, the abolitionists did when slavery was, was happening in this country. They basically made it unthinkable. It would be unthinkable in this country in this day and age, It's also illegal, but it would be unthinkable for someone to own a slave. We are all repulsed by that idea. And it sounds to me like what we're trying to do with Save the Storks is to give these people, these mothers, these wonderful, these precious women, so much information that the idea of taking the life of that baby whose image and heartbeat they have just seen and heard would be unthinkable.
1: Absolutely. Not even just the information. So, uh, information is part one. So, obviously, there needs to be the education process, with, you know, because there's always that mantra, well, it's just a clump of cells, it's nothing. So, changing the perception on that immediately by seeing the ultrasound image and then coming alongside of them, not only practically, like getting them in touch with their local pregnancy resource center to get them referred for health care, uh, diapers, if they need drug rehab, getting connected to a drug rehab program adoption, whatever these physical needs, practical needs are, depending on the situation. Cause every, every person's situation is a little bit different. So figuring a way that we can more accurately partner with them through that, through that, uh, flagship, that is the PRC, uh, get, get together with this woman and be able to help them in that moment. And sometimes it's a family. So maybe it's a woman and, and her husband or her boyfriend, whatever that is being able to take care of their practical needs. And then, so, what so we've been able to do with that, on a larger level, we also want to change the dialogue and the messaging at a, at a much larger level, which is, you know, we talk about uh, the abortion industry and, and pro choice people talk about abortion as a means of female empowerment uh and i think that that's a huge uh, a huge misstatement i think a woman empowered is someone who can do something that a guy can't do i can i've never seen something more powerful than my in my life than mm-hmm. when my wife gave birth to our children mm-hmm. and for me to say you have to kill that life inside of you in order to be equal with me mm-hmm. instead of uh society changing the way women are allowed to work or interact in society is absurd to me mm-hmm. and in, cra- in fact i think is incredibly misogynistic mm-hmm. uh you, you know Oh yeah. I mean, why well there's no why question. Would celebrate, yeah, why would we not celebrate what a woman is and yeah. be able to make accommodations for her uh in society so that she's able to thrive.
0: I love that. And I we're out of time for this uh episode, but can I ask you would you come back for the next uh for the next episode of the podcast cuz I would love to pick this up again uh next time yeah, with you. I would love you. to as well. All right, awesome. Yeah. We're We're going to end this episode of the podcast and we'll bring Jesse back next time because I really want to talk to him about the power of information and what Save the Storks is doing for the pro-life movement around the nation. She'll be back here next time at the Busy Mom Podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.